This is Carolyn Holly. Welcome to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. For the next half hour, you're going to be encouraged and challenged by Skip and his guests as they discuss the game plan for life. In sports, as in life, it's important to have a game plan, and as Skip says, no game plan, no victory. Game Plan for Life is brought to you by the following sponsors. Dutch Bros of Boise, an experience guaranteed to satisfy. McDowell's Specialty Repair. Susie Boyle Mortgage Team and Castle Cook Mortgage, LLC. Disciples Coffee, a Christian coffee shop and roastery in Garden City. Christian Brothers Automotive. Security Gold and Silver, a reliable source for your bullion investment. Domino's Pizza, Diamond Heating and Cooling. Hoffman Auto Body, someone you can trust. Zero Res Carpet Cleaning and Dodd Roofing. And now, here's your host, Skip Hall. Welcome to Game Plan for Life. We're sure glad you joined us today. My guest today is our friend John Strain, who is uh, going to have to put a, a marker on his seat that this belongs to John Strain. <laughs> but anyway, John, uh, it's so good to have you back. Thank you, and I f- feel like I'm wearing this seat out a little bit, but <laughs> but I but I really enjoy doing that. Yeah. Well, listen, we've got some important information to share and uh, john is in the process of writing a new book in fact it's coming along very well and uh, his first book was you gotta ask and this one is you gotta listen so we're going to talk about some of you gotta listen today but john why don't you take it from here yeah well you know i uh, i do have a christmas story chapter and i we won't get into it this morning but i was thinking i should do that one with you yeah. uh, before yeah. christmas hits but yeah Anyway, yeah, this one, Skip, we just uploaded this book on Amazon. It's not like available yet, but it's it's up and we're we have an advanced reader copy we're gonna print and hand out to a bunch of friends at an event next week. They'll read it and you know how this goes yep. with authors. You put it yep. out there, let people find all the problems you before bet. before you put it to public. Right. And they give feedback, and does this make sense? And, you know, hey, you got a typo on page 67 kind of stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's so, helpful, yeah. Yeah, so it's really helpful that way. But we are really excited about this going out. And one of the things I got prompted on this week, you know, there's kind of those last-minute things, but one of them was, who are you going to dedicate this book to? Yeah. You remember gonna, doing that for yours? I was going to ask you, who, who are you dedicating this book to? Well, and I, I, I sat and I thought, oh, my gosh, I haven't thought about that at all. Mm. And, uh, and I, but it came quickly that this book, you got to listen, ought to be dedicated to my mom mm-hmm. and Pam's mom and dad. Mm. And her mom, mom has gone on to be with Jesus. But uh, her, her parents, because of their discipline, Early morning, they would pray. They would have breakfast together. They're a farm couple. Right. And uh, they would have breakfast together, and they would pray mm. for every kid and their grandkids. Wow. And guess what? So last summer, we were out at the farm. There was kind of a handoff going on of the farm being turned over to one of our, uh, our niece and uh, her husband. And... Um, one of the honoring things we were all sitting there just kind of reflecting on things and one of the my brother-in-laws noticed he said you know everybody here every uh daughter of the uh, bob and nadine 
and their spouses and their grandkids and their spouses, hmm. all of them have a walking relationship with Jesus. Yeah, isn't that amazing? And I don't know so if I've ever been to anything where that could be said, but I, th- I connect that back to, in fact, we all did, that they got up every morning and they sat and they prayed for their family. And uh, who else did that? A guy who, named Nehemiah before he built a wall. Oh, yes. <laughs> before he got prompted by the king. That's right. Yeah, what do you want, Nehemiah? <clears throat> yeah. And my mom, I call my mom's prayers, uh, you know, she, it was like uh, C.S. Lewis called it the hound of heaven, you know, put me up the tree. Right. In this case, it was an evergreen tree, uh, you know, where I would find eternal life and forgiveness of sins and but my mom just prayed persistently, and she does, she still does for all of her kids, um, and does it daily, prays for us. And I just, yeah, I go, what, that is, you know, I'm sitting here today because of that. Yeah, yeah. Convinced yeah, of that. Isn't that so true? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So, absolutely. So that's who we dedicated it to. And, and, and But there's a great story in uh, Chapter 6 of You Gotta Listen that it's about a friend of mine, um, Tony Ball. Tony, he doesn't uh, know I'm talking about him, but he won't mind. He's he's on the radio all the time. I, I know Tony, yeah. And uh, so, you know, I, I don't know, getting into this story, you got to set this up with the fact that um, uh, Jesus only did what he saw his father doing, and he was in constant communication prayerful conversation with the Father and sometimes getting away to have specific prayer time. But it, I love John 5, 17 and 18. It said he was calling God his own Father, making himself equal with God, and they were both working. <laughs> They're yeah. working together. And I, you know, and if Jesus had to do that, because he, he goes on to say in verse 19 of chapter 5, truly, truly, which means listen up, I really mean this, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, these things the son also does in like manner. For the father loves the son, shows all things that he himself is doing, and greater works than these shall he show him that you may marvel. For just as the father raises the dead, gives him life, so the son also gives life to whomever he wishes. And I, I have, I think there's a how much more thing here. If the son of God had this kind of reliance on his father, how much more More. do you and I need to have this kind of reliance? And so, you know, so here we see Jesus in Matthew 9 as he walks out, uh, 935, he's going about the cities and villages, he's teaching and proclaiming the gospel, kingdom, healing every kind of disease, it says, every kind of sickness. And then he saw the multitudes and he had compassion for them because they were distressed and downcast like sheep without a shepherd. And he says, pray to the Lord of the harvest. Yep. You know, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech, pretty strong word, the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. And, and then next chapter 10, it goes right into it. Then he goes, oh, you 12 guys. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Paired them up and sent them out. And... Uh, and I and I think you know he doesn't just pray about stuff, but but then he puts feet to it. And Tony, so we got to get into Tony's story yeah, here. Tony Ball, yeah. So Tony, a few years back, attended a Promise Keepers 
conference, and he they handed out a bookmarker, and uh, on there was an opportunity to write some names of people that were not experiencing the resources of Jesus, who maybe didn't know him, certainly weren't enjoying his, the, mm. you know, that life giving thing that we have with with God, and. So Tony wrote their names down. Uh, one was his dad. Mm-hmm. One was somebody he was in business with. His first name was Grizz. Mm. And uh, another guy was uh, a neighbor named yeah. Doug. So anyway, he wrote these down. I don't know how much or how long he prayed for these guys, but he certainly put their name names up before the throne. You bet, but and, he was consistent. That's the key. And then... Some time later, I don't know the chronology exactly what year all this stuff happened, but it was, I think it was a handful of years later. I show up, he, he contacts me one day. He said, Hey, because my neighbor Doug is asking me a lot of questions, and I'm not sure how to answer their really good mm-hmm. questions. Yeah. And Doug, Doug has a real engineering mind, and his dad was a, an attorney and a deep thinker. So, yeah, he was, and he was. He he's an edgy guy in some ways. So he said, "Would you be willing to kind of field some of these?" And I said, "Well, I'll, I'd love to meet him and see, you know, get to know him and see where the yeah. what his questions are, where he's coming from." So we we started doing breakfast every other week and did for like several months. Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, he brought some great questions in, and but we developed quite a friendship and just we're having a lot of fun. Tony was in on that, and then. Um, so that was going on, and then that around that time in the spring, and maybe even that winter, but in the end of the spring, and the, there was a lot of prayer going on in our community because of the Luis Palau right, Festival right. was coming in. And this gets really interesting, Skip, because so Doug and I had been meeting, and 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 Tony was sitting in with us, and then. We went to a retreat, a men's retreat, and Tony invited this friend of his, Grizz, to come. And at the retreat, Grizz made his peace with God. Mm. And I think he he said this of himself, I'm just an old burnout drug addict. Mm. And he died shortly after the retreat. No kidding. And then Tony's dad had started attending church with us, but just kind of trying to find his way a little bit spiritually. He went to the Luis Palau festival, came to, went forward and made a commitment to Christ. And so that happened. Grizz came to faith and died. And then Doug got baptized in the Boise river that August, Mm. right after the event. Because wow. I I I did it. So <laughs> no, we did. Yeah. <laughs> right before the baptism, Tony was cleaning a drawer out, and he found that bookmarker. Mm. He had forgotten that he had even initiated prayer for these guys. Right. And I and I find that fascinating. And then, but but then all of a sudden, he's in play with all three of them within a you know a short time spiritually. Right. And then Luis Palau, and then we had a, just a mushroom of prayer going on in this community. And I think God just moved yeah. on these guys. But, and it, but why would he do it all at once like well, that? And I, 
That was up to the Lord. Is that not a mystery? And yet, I think there was something going on there. Yeah. That So this really causes us to step back and go, do, do our prayers make a difference? And, you know, because he commands us to do it. And, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah, they most certainly do. So part of our book, I think the point of it is to remove the agnosticism out of our, you know, do we hear God? And I, but... Uh, Tony prayed and said, God, who do you want me to put down on this card? And God put some names in his head, some faces. Right. He wrote those down, began to pray, and to go, well, how do we know, you know, maybe those people just would have came into Tony's fertile matter. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's like they all need to be prayed for, <laughs> you know. So, but I think God had something in mind. And uh, and I think it has to do with a harvest that is plentiful, you know. So I I was thinking about Tony's got good scriptural bases as we all do to pray for yeah. people that don't know Christ, but also to pray as Paul did that Colossians four two through four, four he said to pray that I might open my mouth and make it clear yeah. in the way that I ought to the gospel that is. So so the scriptural basis is there, and these are the 10 indicators that it's God speaking to us. It's, it's scriptural. It's smarter than you is number two. So I think God said, I want you to focus on these three names. I don't know if he was limited in space on that card Maybe. for three, but he could have slipped a lot more if he wanted or, one, or just could have put one, but three came to mind. Mm-hmm. And then, then God, if it's God who's speaking, it's surprising. We talked about that a few yeah, times. Right. And so we were all surprised later when he found that lost bookmarker, and he showed that. He brought it and said, John, you will never believe what I just found. And the timing of that, yeah. that he found that in that drawer that summer. Mm. It's a specific a number four here. How do we know if, we, if, if it was God speaking to us? Well, there's, it's a specific answer to an ask. Right. Uh, the bookmarker invited writing names to pray for, so there's his specificity. And then succinct one-liner is another indicator that God is the one who put something in our mind. Three names, as I mentioned, mm-hmm. came to mind that day. It was spot on, customized. We didn't know that till years later. But Tony, you know, was prompted to pray for them and then prompted to invite mm. each of them. So in a way, he kind of became like the 12 here. He was yeah. just out on the ground and started, you know, moving towards people, inviting them to into a conversation over breakfast, over questions, or to church, or to the Luis Palau mm. event. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or to a retreat, in Grizz's case. And then it's fruitful. We can know if God. It was God if it's spiritually fruitful. All three of them came to faith in one summer, supported by spiritually gifted people. You know, the men's retreat, church, the Luis Palau event, uh, salvation minded. He prayed for their salvation. You know, serve, it serves others' best interests, and so and you can say, yeah, it absolutely did because Grizz died right after he made his profession. Talk about running it up to eleventh hour, fifty ninth yeah, minute, yeah, yeah. and uh, and then of course Doug got baptized, is active in a church. His dad stayed active in in the church that he had started attending. But um, 
I look at all those things and I go, you know, check, 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 check. <laughs> and I go, okay. I think God was in that. Yeah. That yeah, yeah. is really important, absolutely. And, you know, that's such a neat idea to post, you know, on a wall somewhere. And, and, and well, you want to tell some more and talk about our friend, our mutual friend, Jim Oh, Oh, Jim Barker. Oh, so we were actually talking about this chapter in a Friday morning group yeah. I have. And uh, Jim said, well, I have, I put... A, my list and he had created one probably at my prompt out with some of my materials it was a handout right. and he filled in this four space area of a circle and we had kind of a quadrant thing mm -hmm. and it was your uh, friends neighbors family or people you work with right and so he just put a few names on there so he goes out to his garage and he as he's pulling the car out leaving he looks at his list yeah and he's prompted to so good yeah so to pray good. and you you've you, done yeah, something I've, like that I've got, I've got my story too on that when i have a chance or i'm going somewhere and if i'm not in too big a hurry as i drive out of uh, our development which is develop, a development of 20 homes there's 10 on one side and 10 on the other an island in between but anyway, as I drive out, I pray for each household, including our own, as, as I go uh, out. Wow. And then when I come home, then I go down the other side, and I pray for that, that ten, those 10 houses on the way in. So wow. It, it's, it's worked out well, and it, it reminds me to, you know, to pray for these people. They're, they're precious people, and God loves them, and so do I. So we got to do that. That. You know, and you, you could just be brain dead while you're driving by those houses, too, <laughs> yeah. as we are, it's, it's most true. of us are, right? You know, yeah. but it does take a little mental discipline, does, doesn't yeah. it, to say, I'm going to yeah. do this. Yeah, a little gymnastics, but. So there's some proactivity. You just kind of drive slow, you know, as you go by each house and you name the people and pray for them. Obey the speed limit while you're t at least. Oh, yeah, 15, <laughs> 15 miles an hour. If you're going to drive that slow, you oh, might as yeah. well pray. Yeah, we've got some. <laughs> Some traffic Nazis in our development, too. Oh. <laughs> Yard Nazis and traffic. So you're being a good witness to them. Yeah, yeah. make sure you are. <laughs> I, um, you know, I was thinking about, Skip, just the, all of the 10 S's going on in Matthew 9, too, as uh, Jesus, you know, being the living word. And what does he do? He gets out amongst the people. He prays. And uh, and then, you know, and, and really Matthew's kind of saying, hey, I'm inviting you to do as Jesus did. Mm -hmm. It's you know? a command, actually. Yeah, and you're going. Yeah. Um, as you're out, and to see with compassion and to pray and to pray for laborers. And, oh, by the way, if you're going to pray for laborers for the harvest, right? start with yourself. <laughs> there you, you go. Because that's who Jesus is going to point to right away. Yeah. And go, you're you're one of my laborers, you're one yeah, of my guys yeah, and girls, yeah, you know. Yeah. So I think that's that's pretty cool. The other thing, you know, is this something God would be saying to us? Well, it's smarter than, he's smarter than us. He knows the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. It's unusual, by the way. I don't find that many people like Jim Barker mm -hmm. or yourself. Or my mom, yeah. or Pam's parents, who who will engage that discipline of prayer. Yeah, yeah, 
And it is a discipline. It's a mental discipline. Yeah, it is. It, is, it sure is. You know, and it's and I don't think it ought to be just for special ops Christians. No. <laughs> <laughs> Though it is, it is special. No, no. We need to pray for each other. Yeah. yeah. Very, very clear about that. So, so what's surprising in the text, though, too, is that, you know, there's kind of a Jesus is saying, yeah, I prayed for laborers. Oh, and there you guys are, you know, <laughs> and they might have been a little surprised. I, you know, the chosen does a great job depicting this because he has them in kind of a, like a locker room talk. And he says, I'm sending you guys out and pairing you up and they're going, right. you got to be kidding. What us? Right. What are we going to say? Right. What, how are people going to react? And he coaches them up, you know, and in this text, it just kind of, you know, it just states the fact of it. But I, what I like about the chosen, these guys push back a little bit because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they're incredulous that he is sending them out. And no um, yeah, well, and you start where you are, you know, uh, your own little Jerusalem, so to speak. That's that's where we start. And uh, you know, instead of praying something like, "Well, pray for the hundreds of millions of unsaved people <laughs> in the in the world," and yeah, it's make it personal. Start, start in your own little Jerusalem and pray for those people. And that's something we can all do. We can all yeah. do it. I, there was a guy named Dick Eastman who uh, he had something called the Change the World School of Prayer. Right. And he had a kind of a neat little, in one hour you could do 12 different forms of prayer, uh, praise and confession and intercession, all this kind of thing. But one thing that guy did, and this, this over, I don't know hardly anybody who can keep this discipline, but he prayed daily for the world for nations mm, by one by one one by one it became he became literate about mm. them and what was going on and right and then he prayed for you know and i go that now there there's a special ops no kidding and i i admire that but all of us on the go can do nehemiah prayers yeah you know and just shoot arrows up and sometimes, I don't know why, have you ever had this happen? You just, a sense of, you see somebody, you don't even know who they are. Mm-hmm. You just have a sense of compassion yeah. for them or something, or you just kind of go, I'm going to pray for that person. I don't know what will happen with them. Yeah. And once in a while, it doesn't always happen to me, but once in a while it does. Yeah. No, I've had that happen. Sure. You know, and, I, and I think we get, those are times you know this jesus who walked amongst these people in matthew 9 he's he lives in my heart and your heart now so i go why should we be surprised that we might be prompted yeah. like that yeah yeah and it's kind of a one way to look at that you bet you bet anyway those are that, those are just some interesting things in this this one chapter here yeah and i i love telling the tony ball story, story. Mm. Because there's just so much, it just illustrates the 10 oh, S's. no kidding. Dramatically. Okay. Yeah, and before we maybe get into Tony Ball's uh, story, you know, in this book, you got to listen. Matthew is such a great example for us because he, he went as Jesus went. He, he saw as Jesus saw. He felt compassion as Jesus felt compassion. He proclaimed the good news and ministered to people's needs as Jesus did. And he prayed as Jesus did. I mean that that kind of hits hits the nail on the head. You know, it so much does. And um, this this happened. He tells his story right before all this happens. Right. And he has been, you know, previous chapter or two, he's been showing how Jesus has authority over everything, including men and women. 
and then he tells his story. And Skip, this is a beautiful thing because this is surprising. Why would Jesus show up at his tax booth? This is Matthew nine nine, mm-hmm. and and he describes it as if he's Bob Dole talking about somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Dole says Bob Dole did. Right. Uh, no, he's it's kind of like as Jesus passed by the man called Matthew. Oh, that's you, right? The right. writer. Yeah, yeah, that's me sitting in the tax office. And he said, Jesus said to him, follow me. Mm-hmm. And he rose and followed him. Yeah. And you go, why would he do that? Yeah. Well, he's probably been hearing about him. He was intrigued, maybe honored that somebody like Jesus, maybe he's curious. Who knows? Yeah. Well, then the next thing is it shows, you know, it happened that he was reclining at the table in the house and behold, many tax gatherers and sinners came and were dining with Jesus and his disciples and Pharisees saw that and said, well, hey, why is your teacher eating with the tax gatherers and sinners? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, but, he, but Jesus classically said, well, it's not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. And, hey, Pharisees, you think you're a little better than everybody. Why don't you go and learn what this means? <laughs> and he quotes an Old Testament text. Yeah. He says, I desire compassion and not sacrifice. He goes, this isn't a... The sacrifice will be made, and he's going to be the one that makes it. Now you guys go apply the compassion thing because I made the sacrifice. Get on your feet and get moving. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, that's such a good story, too. And, you know, we've run out of time today, John, but we'll pick it up next week with the the Tony Ball story and continue to work through that. But uh, once once again, thank you for coming in. You bet. Thanks. We sure appreciate you. You All right. All righty. Well, that's it for uh, this week, folks. I hope you'll uh, listen to the uh, sponsors that help provide this show and go see them. Go visit them. They're they're all great people and uh, we appreciate them so much. So until next week, we will just say thank you and goodbye. Thank you for listening to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. This is Carolyn Holly inviting you to listen at this same time on this same station next Saturday as Skip and his guests go over the Game Plan for Life. Have a great weekend. And remember, no game plan, no victory. 